Don't let impaired driving ruin your holiday. Always have a plan for a sober ride. DC police are arresting drunk and drug drivers. Drive sober or get pulled over. Message from the District Department of Transportation and Metropolitan Police Department. Hello and welcome to the Browns Blitz. Today is Wednesday, October 21st. I'm your host, Rod Bloom. Joining me today is James Rapine. How are things going? Oh, they're going well. How are you? Thanks for having me, Rod. Oh, think, thanks for uh, things are going great. Uh, you know, I mean, I guess uh, you know, I guess we're both uh, both teams are coming off losses. You're uh, everybody knows you were uh, you were a Cleveland guy for a period of time, and now you're uh, you're back in Cincinnati, which is which is home for you. So you're. Uh, um, I've got your whole list of credentials here. I'm just going to go through a few of these, and anything else you want to throw in there is fine with me. You're a, uh, you're a reporter for SI, SI New, uh, so Sports Illustrated, um, and then publisher at All Bengals, um, host for you're, – you're a host for three different podcasts? Three podcasts, yes, sir. Uh, so Locked On Bengals, Locked On NFL, and Bengals Brawl. Yep. Yep. So I'm, I'm, I'm talking football and, and NFL and mostly Bengals a lot. <laughs> nice. So I know a lot of people are following you probably, um, from when you're up in Cleveland Browns fans, mm-hmm. but, um, uh, definitely a good, still a great follow, um, at James Rapine. So, um, definitely everybody should, should give you a follow just to keep up with you with what's happening and check out your Bengal stuff. Yeah, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. And uh, yeah, I still love seeing the, you know, the Cleveland tweets. I still follow a lot of people from Cleveland, obviously. And it's a great town. I love Cleveland, man. I live downtown and uh, a lot to do. I I encourage Bengals fans all the time. I'm like the one road trip. And obviously it was that Thursday nighter and it was much different this year because of COVID. But every year, especially if it's not December, because the past few up until this year, the Battle of Ohio's were in December. If it, yeah. Especially if it's September, October, get your tail up to Cleveland and enjoy the road trip. I, I encourage always Bengals fans to go up there because I, I love Cleveland. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, and you're a UC alum. I've got, uh, well, I got one graduate. I've got another son at UC finishing up, and I got another one maybe possibly going there. So, oh, nice. It's great school. <laughs> yeah, I love yeah. UC, and it's it's changed a lot since I went there. Man, the campus is amazing. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. So I just thought we'd talk, uh, you know, a little Browns, a little Bengals, and um, kind of direction of both teams and things like that. So uh, let's let's kind of just kick it off with with some Bengals talk. So um, Bengals come into this week with a record of one four and one. So you know people are going to see that and think, yeah, you know, it's you know this is the Bengals, they're no good. But man, looking at the games, they they've been in every, they've been in every game, at least if you look at the final score. You know, with with the exception of the Ravens game. Uh, mm-hmm. But the Ravens have been, you know, beating up a lot of people. So, um, you know, they've been, I, I guess it depends how you look at that Browns game. I mean, I, as a, a Browns fan, I really didn't feel like the game was ever in jeopardy because the Bengals were kind of scoring after the Browns were, you know, a couple scores up. Mm-hmm. But but it still ended up, you know, Browns only won by five points. So um, that was a close game. Uh, tie with the Eagles, which... I mean, the Eagles, I think the Eagles are better in their record. Um, they beat the Jags, who have beat some other teams. 
Um, played the Colts really tough, obviously. Um, played the Chargers very tough. Um, thought I uh, probably thought you should have gotten a win there, right? Yeah, I, I actually the, today the Bengals. Uh, who, who said this? Joe Burrow said it, and, and so did Zach Taylor. They they feel like they should be four and two, and it's the Chargers game, uh, a mm-hmm. game that they threw the game winning touchdown, and AJ was called for an interference, and yeah. then a couple of weeks later they tied with the Eagles, and then they were up twenty one nothing on the Colts, and so yeah, I, I yeah. totally get why they feel that way. And I agree with you, by the way, the Browns were in firm control week two. That never felt like, even though it was a five point game, uh, 28, 23 with five fifty five to go, you never feel like the felt like the Bengals are going to stop the Browns and they didn't. And so I don't really count that as a close one. And I don't really think the Bengals do either. Uh, they look at the Ravens and the Browns games as two games. They just came up short, but the other four, they feel like they should have won. And unfortunately for them, they're one, four and one. Yeah. Yeah, so what's the what do you think the what do you think the psyche of this team is of, of the Bengals team? Do you think they they feel like a one four and one team or do you see a team that's that uh you know still has a lot of confidence and thinks they've still got, you know, uh that that's still going out trying to make a statement each week? I mean, obviously they if they're up twenty one nothing on the Colts, that's how I would think they would mm-hmm. be but what's what's your feeling of how I this think, team is i think they're teetering and i, I think yeah i think you're going to get see a really good effort and they've responded each and every week right they get their tail really kicked by the ravens and then they suddenly jump all over the colts 21 nothing so they've responded yeah. week to week and i think you'll see that again this week but i do think if they don't win on Sunday against the Browns, and it's obviously a game where they're home underdogs. If they don't win, I don't know when their next win is going to come, and I don't think it's going to come anytime soon because then they have the Titans at home, then a bye, then the Steelers. So suddenly, one four and one, which really should have been two three and one, but you blew that lead to the Colts, mm-hmm. could really snowball into one seven and one after nine games, and that's just that's crazy. So I think this is a huge game for them. I expect them to come out focused, and uh, and obviously the Browns are going to do the same given what happened last week. Yeah, I mean, and yeah, we're jumping to the Browns, but it, it's really an interesting game for the Browns too to see because you know they they came out and played well after getting you know stomped by the Ravens, but that Ravens game week one, it's kind of they had the excuse of well we didn't have any time with the coach and new players and preseason and all this, so so we can just kind of you know, not put too much credence into that game. And then they came out and played well after that. But now they've they've taken a beating. So now we want to see how Stefanski gets these guys ready and if they're if they can come out with the same attitude that they came out with in week two. So it's definitely an interesting match, you know, mm-hmm. matchup. I no, I, I totally agree. And I, I think really it's it, it's gonna be interesting to see if this Bengals defense they don't have DJ Reader. They uh, they certainly have question marks at linebacker. Their linebackers got their tails kicked in against the Browns week two. I, I remember Andy Janovich afterwards was like, oh, we could have ran for 300 on them. And, and we knew it. And, and, and he wasn't wrong. Like, I, I posted yeah. that article. And I had Bengals fans like, yep, they could have. <laughs> you know, yeah. and, and you're talking Browns, Bengals. Like, you would think fans would be angry. And they're like, no, 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 no. They could have done that easily. And so 
you really want to see if the Jermaine Pratt's and Josh Bynes is and Akeem Davis Gaithers, if these guys can step up because they got their head kicked in in the running game. I mean, it was just bad. It was really ugly. They were dominated. And they're going to be without DJ Reader for a second straight game. He's out for the year. And he was commanding double teams week two. He was a guy mm-hmm. of all the, the defenders. He showed up and, and, and actually made a difference, not only week two, but all season. So without him, if I'm Kevin Stefanski, it's like, all right, Baker, those ribs are still sore. Kareem Hunt, I, I know you're you're battling some stuff too, but we're uh, we're going to give you the ball 25, 30 times, and, and you're going to really have to stop him and contain him. And he's had success against the Bengals even long before he joined the Browns. So I, I wouldn't be shocked at all if that's the game plan. Yeah. Yeah, I would think so. I mean, Nick Nick Chubb's out, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, you, you would think Kareem Hunt and Dearness Johnson would, would get uh, get a lot of carries. Um, I mean, the Bengals have some other guys. I was just – I was looking at the, uh, the injury report and mm-hmm. um, Atkins and Dunlap are on – are on that list again and you know a few other guys too uh the browns have have a few guys but it's looking a little better than it did last week against the steelers for the browns um so you know i don't know if um i don't know how much of an advantage the browns are going to get there i mean uh the browns um phillips and sandejo and teller the browns really want to get really want to get teller back in there at guard but uh, I think that if Sandejo's out, you're going to see a lot of fans kind of happy because there have been a lot of people want want to see him cut, which is ridiculous. But <laughs> um, but yeah, so um, that's interesting. But if if uh, if you guys are missing more guys off your defensive line, that's that's going to be tough. Going to be tough for you know to to stop the Browns' running game. It is no doubt about it. And it, one note, one thing worth monitoring there's a chance mike daniels who wasn't able to go week two there's a chance he was activated on wednesday that that 21 day practice window mm-hmm. i would say it's 50 50 at best that he can play sunday he was on injured reserve with an elbow uh i i think yeah. more likely next week against tennessee but there's a chance that he can go geno atkins is going to play even though he didn't practice on wednesday just a regular uh maintenance day uh, okay. so they have some guys in there but to your point that's still a weakness, and that's still something I, I would really make these young linebackers come up and make the tackles and deal with these guys, uh, you know, de- or you know, play in, play out. Uh, when you're talking about Janovich and you're talking about that offensive line, because I, I think eventually, like you saw in week two, by the time the fourth quarter rolls around, they're just not going to win any part of it. Yeah, you know, the Browns really haven't used Andy Janovich as much as I thought they they would. So maybe maybe they'll use him a little bit more this week. I mean, he's, he's kind of been out there for a handful of plays, you know, a handful of series, um, each game. So maybe he'll, maybe he'll get a little bit more of a shot this week. Um, I kind of wanted to get your thoughts on just a couple of the Bengals, uh, players and particularly, uh, not, not that he's a player, but, um, head coach Zach Taylor. Um, you know, I, on Twitter, James, I, I saw somebody saying something about, uh, and this is one person, but, is is there really any kind of vibe that people are not happy with Zach Taylor and the job he's doing? Yeah, actually. Yeah, I think so. And I think that the reason behind that isn't necessarily, you know, a, a win-loss thing, even though that certainly would help. Mm-hmm. It, it's the fact that there's clearly a disconnect between him 
in some of these players. And okay. you see John Ross is unhappy this week. Auden Tate was unhappy for being a healthy scratch week two. Uh, Carlos Dunlap uh, over the past couple of weeks has been demoted and voiced his frustration. And, and I, you know, th- there's other guys too in other instances over the past 18 months that have taken place. And I do think that one, if you're three eighteen and one and you haven't won a road game in a year and a half, then frustration is going to build in general. But communication has to be key, and I think he struggled in that department, and that's what we're starting to see. So when I talked earlier about how important a win is, I think it's huge because at some point winning just matters, and I think Zach Taylor is a nice guy, and I think he's done a good job of monitoring and keeping the, the locker room together despite the bad record. I mean, they were playing hard for him last year. You saw it in you know week 17 against mm-hmm. the Browns. They beat the Browns. And so yeah. Yeah. they were playing hard. So he's done a good job of that. But at some point, it's got to translate for guys to continue to buy in. And I think we're getting to that that teetering point a bit. And uh, so, yeah, fans, you know, fans are going to complain always. But I do think that the next few weeks are going to be really big for Zach Taylor just to show these guys and kind of win these guys trust over it. That starts Sunday. If you beat the Browns, you feel much, much better about yourself than if you fall to one five and one. Yeah, have the have the Bengals done anything to improve the protection for Joe Burrow since the Browns game? Because the yes. Browns, yeah, the Browns, <laughs> yeah, it, it. Even as a Browns fan, I mean, you know, it was kind of hard to watch. Yeah, it was rough. It was awful, and and it was Joe Burrow putting the entire team on his shoulders and saying, "We're going to keep competing." And that's exactly what he did. He threw it 61 times, dropped back, I think, 70-plus times. Yeah. was just really working his tail off for every single yard. And it shouldn't be that way. That's another thing with Zach. It shouldn't be that way if you're this offensive genius, right? It, it isn't that way with Kevin Stefanski, right? Because he, one, I get it, the offensive line is better. But two, yeah. he's dialing up the right plays and using it, his, his talent. And I do think that we've seen over the past couple of weeks, the offensive line improved. The one big change from week two to now, Alex Redman is going to start at right guard. He started the past couple of weeks. It won't be Fred Johnson, which is who you saw in the first half, and it was it won't be Billy Price's Price, which is who you saw, I believe, in the second half. I believe he was inserted into the lineup in the second half. If, it, if not, it was Fred Johnson the whole time. I, I, get, I, I think it was Fred the whole time in week two, and he was awful. Okay. I mean, he yeah. was just dreadful, and, and you remember the strip sack of Burrow where he just gets crushed. And that was yeah. because they targeted, hey, we're going to go after this right guard. And, and so I, I think Redmond's better there. Jonah Williams is certainly much better than he was. I think he's clearly a franchise left tackle. So, yeah. you know, he, he gets beat every now and then. But overall, he's playing really well in what is essentially his rookie season since he missed all of last year due to injury. But outside of that, the guards can still be exploited. Uh, Alex Redmond's allowed eight pressures. Michael Jordan at left guard has allowed 18 pressures, according to Pro Football Focus. So you can still get after uh, the, these guys. And, and the two guard spots are really the glaring holes. As, as big of a villain as Bobby Hart is in Cincinnati at right tackle, <laughs> the two guard spots are the biggest concerns right now. There so was. when you're looking, you know, when the Browns are looking, where should they exploit what matchups? I would attack the two guard spots at 60 and 62 and see if they can stop you. Because uh, while they're better than they were week two, they're certainly far, really far from being good. And I'm, I'm sure we could talk about this topic alone for probably, you know, 30 minutes or so. But 
I don't know that I've heard your thoughts, and I wanted to get your thoughts on the Joe Mixon contract extension and what your thoughts are as far as what you think the Browns should do with Nick Chubb going forward um, next season. Next season would be the last season. Yeah. I, I One, I was in favor of the Mixon extension at the time. Right now, it, it, it's hard to see his value because, you know, the offensive line has been bad, partially because yeah. of some of Zach Taylor's play calling as well. But I still like it because, look, he's a guy, 24 years old. You're not paying really anyone else in that age range yet. You're probably going to pay William Jackson the third, at least potentially. You'll probably pay Jesse Bates. But outside of that, it's there aren't many guys you've drafted and developed. And Mixon is one of those guys. And I do think he has the potential to be potential. I don't think he is yet to be the best running back in this division. The problem is they don't use him the way I think they should. We saw in week two, and it's funny because we haven't seen this much since. He had four receptions in the first half, and one was this little option route where he was going up against the linebacker, and he could pick to go outside or cut inside, and he cut mm-hmm. inside and Burrow hit him on a slant. It was like a 22-yard gain. Those are the type of plays yeah. I would use with Joe Mixon, and that that's one of the many things I question with Zach Taylor is he's a guy that can catch the ball like Kareem Hunt. Right? How many times have you seen even Freddie Kitchens knew to do this last year, where you get Kareem Hunt, and, you know, and you get him in space and you throw the ball to him, and and heck, the the, the touchdown catch he had a couple of weeks ago, uh, where, where he's jumping up for it, the the Hunt catch in the end zone, like those are the type of things I yeah. think Mixon is capable of. So from a talent standpoint, I get it. I also understand the other side where it's like, hey, running back wise, you don't need to pay it. So when I look at Nick Chubb. Uh, let's see, let's wait and see what he does. Uh, because you do have Kareem Hunt, who I think, let, let's say Nick Chubb's, uh, the third best running back in the league. And I'm just throwing it out there. Well, Hunt's probably seventh or eighth. So is it right. worth it? Or do you need to go another route? And, and I think that's the part, uh, that you got to kind of wait and see on. So would I be okay with paying Nick Chubb? Absolutely. Right. He, yeah. He's one of those guys that, that is, uh, quiet killer right he's a quiet killer and he's hard to bring down and he's got the speed and stuff so it has nothing to do with him the player or the person but let's evaluate and wait and see position wise what else they need to pay and 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 go from there because like if it comes down to denzel ward or nick chubb i'm paying denzel ward and that's just it it, it, that's just kind of how i view it and we'll see if the Bengals Mm -hmm. made the right decision it depends on what they do this coming off season with the offensive line and other spots yeah, yeah, I, I have to agree with you, but um, it's tough because Nick Chubb is probably my favorite Cleveland Brown, and I think that's the case for a lot of people, just because of just because of his personality and his talent and and the way he plays the game. So, um, quick quick impression of Kevin Stefanski. Um, obviously, the record kind of speaks for itself, but um, do you think we have enough information to really evaluate him yet? No, no, not not fully. And, you know, and I would say that if they were two and four as well, look, he's he's certainly off to a good start, but it's a start that he should have gotten off to. And, you know, you're supposed to beat the Bengals and you're supposed to beat Washington and you're supposed to beat some of those teams. And that, that that's not a knock. That's just the, the reality of it. But I do like what I see because I see a professional. I don't see a disorganized, discombobulated guy like Freddie or Hugh on the mm-hmm. sidelines. And so. That's an upgrade already. So do I think they've upgraded? Absolutely. I think you can say that. But 
do we know what Stefanski is overall yet? No, but but I think that's okay. I think right now it's clear he doesn't trust Baker the way you're probably going to need to trust the quarterback that leads the Browns to the Super Bowl. That part, I think, is is very obvious when you look at his pass attempts versus what they're trying to do on offense. And that doesn't mean it's wrong. It's exactly what I would do. But, mm-hmm. you know, you, you hope that, the, that they're able to, to get the most out of Baker and start to develop him. And hopefully this isn't what he is because this isn't enough. And, and so we'll see there. But, yeah, I, I'm pleased with the job he's done so far and really impressed with Andrew Barry, honestly. Um, that was the yeah. – I, I was I was questioning both of those to be honest with you. I wanted experience in Cleveland, and, and you know I wanted them. Uh, I, I wasn't shy about it at the time. Josh McDaniels was the guy I would have went with. I thought he would have commanded respect right away and and, and du- pulled the right buttons and pushed the right buttons, whatever you want to say. Mm-hmm. And uh, Andrew Barry made Kevin Stefanski's job a lot easier because the flaws that were on last year's roster that are obvious. Right, like Browns fans, I get it. They're ripping Andrew Sandejo right now, and they have weaknesses at linebacker. Well, guess what? Offensive line is about fifty thousand more, uh, you know, times more important than those oh, yeah. those positions. And, and, yeah, and Sandejo wasn't supposed to start either. So. No, it, it, yeah. no, exactly. I mean, Delpit gets injured, and, and but the, but that's my point is he made the necessary changes that you had to make minimum. And then he goes out and gets Austin Hooper, and I think he's going to continue to grow in that offense and be more of a factor. So. No, I, I really like what the pairing has done, and I, I think Stefanski's done a good job. And I, uh, heck, I, I, I think I picked them second in the division. Either way, I had them in the playoffs, so uh, they're certainly on track to do that. So, if you're looking at the direction of these two teams, kind of just in the future, not necessarily this season, how do you feel about the Browns and the Bengals? You feel better about um, the Bengals quarterback. I think Joe Burrow is clearly better than Baker Mayfield. And after six games, you could say that. And I believed in Baker, and I, I still think he can be a good player. I just, of the two, I think it's clear. You'd want the taller, faster, more athletic guy that is uh, is doing everything at the line of scrimmage and was week two, yet mm-hmm. alone now. Um, that being said, I like the head coach better in Cleveland as of now. I like the GM better in Cleveland as of now. Ownership's always weird uh, in both areas you know the haslam's in in the Browns, so you know yeah. you could say it's a scratch there i don't know one right. way or the other um but overall talent wise you like the browns as well and and unfortunately for both of these teams I, they're both ascending i think the bengals are probably you know a year or two behind the browns right they're, they're where the browns were in, in in maybe 2018 hopefully from a talent standpoint and, and who knows what they finished with record wise but the, the the big difference or the big bummer rather if you're rooting for either of these Ohio teams and personally I would much rather both of these teams succeed than Baltimore or Pittsburgh but Me Baltimore ain't going, they're not going anywhere right they got the MVP yeah. they're well coached they have a good GM they have a good front office and Ben Roethlisberger's reminding everyone that he's still really good and uh, that defense is awesome and they of course they fall into chase claypool the steelers are so good at finding these receivers it's ridiculous deontay johnson chase claypool i mean uh, james washington they find all these mid-rounders that end up being studs and so uh it, it looks like it's going to be a really really competitive division uh, i was on plenty of radio shows before the season and, and podcasts and i said it was the best division in football and i had some question it and say oh no that's the nfc west now, to me, it's still the AFC North, and I know the Bengals don't yes. have a good record, but they're uh, like I, they they could have two or three more wins right now, and, and I yeah. think they're going to compete every week, and they're not going to be a pushover. 
uh, even with the injuries and the stuff that they've had. So I think it's a, a really tough division and one that uh, one that's going to be competitive for a long time. And, and I'm hoping that the Ohio teams kind of rise above the other two. I hope the same thing. So to kind of wrap things up, what what do you expect to be different Sunday and Sunday's game than what happened in week two? It was such a weird game in week two. I mean, it was just, you know, it felt like a blowout, but it was never really a blowout. And yeah. one, I, I think that the Bengals are going to be able to slow down this Browns offense just a little bit, just a little bit more, be a little bit of a, a thorn in the side, so to speak, instead of just letting them go up and down the field and run it right, right at them. I mean, it, cause if you watch that film, that's got to motivate you. If, and if I'm Zach Taylor, I'd put that Janovich quote all over the locker room because I, I want everyone to know, Hey man, are, you're going to let them come into your house now and beat you the same way that they did on September 18th. I believe it was. It, that cannot happen. And so from that aspect, I expect it to be probably a more physical game, uh, less one-sided in, in, in the physicality standpoint. And then on the other side of it, uh, you know, with the, the Bengals and they have the ball, they're going to try to be much more balanced. The last thing they want is Joe Burrow having to drop back on second and third and wrong a bunch. Uh, I yeah. think A.J. Green, I know he was involved from a target standpoint. I think he's going to have much more of an impact this week. Uh, and that doesn't mean he's going to have – 200 yards and be vintage AJ Green, but last year, uh, last week he had eight receptions, 96 yards. He had a lot of third down conversions. I think that's mm-hmm. what you're going to see from him this week. You'll see Burrow go to him uh, on third and long, maybe fourth down if they have to go for it at times. And uh, in the trio of receivers, and probably the biggest difference on this team, outside of like injuries, T Higgins is a huge part of their offense now. So uh, he he's, might be their default one. I don't know. I, you know, you could say Boyd's their one because he's you know a slot machine and so good in the slot too. But mm-hmm. uh, you're going to see much more T. Higgins. He's, he played a lot of snaps in, in Cleveland, but he didn't have a lot of receptions or a lot of impact. I think that that's, uh, that's a big change. He led them in receiving last week, has had four receptions, I think, in the past four games, at least four receptions. So he's a big part of the offense. So it, uh, it should be a good game. I'm actually expecting it to be pretty close. I don't think it's going to be super one-sided. But in close games, I got to be honest, Rod. In close games, Zach Taylor won eleven and one as head coach of the Bengals. You, you, you got to lean Cleveland in a close one, and and that's how I'm feeling at least right now as we're recording. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I'm, I'm hoping the Browns will recover from that that loss and come out like they've looked other weeks. But yeah, hoping for a good game, James, and one where nobody gets hurt and all that stuff and. Agreed. You know, and really, really hope that both teams can can get some wins against the other teams in the division from here on out. I, I agree with you. And, and one thing to pay attention to, I know William Jackson, the third is dealing with a concussion. He was matched up one on one with Odell Beckham Jr. If he's out, then who knows? Maybe they will go up and down the field again, because that's a <laughs> that's a pretty big loss in the Bengals secondary. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, James, this has been uh, been a lot of fun and very informative. So uh, I know you've uh, I know you've got a lot of other stuff going on. So I'm gonna I'm gonna let you get to it. But I appreciate you uh, coming by and talking uh, some Browns and Bengals. It's been good catching up with you. It's been a while. It has been a while. Anytime, Rod. I, I appreciate you having me. And hopefully we're doing this. You know, next time we do this, or you know, what whenever we're doing this one time before it's uh, two winning teams playing each other with playoff aspirations. I think that would be fun. That would be great. Yeah. Yeah. 
And you are also on my um, on my list of guys I want to have a beer with sometime because you live like like really close to me. I'm in. I'm down. <laughs> that would be right. fun. That would be fun too. We see we could have that talk with a beer while both teams are good. I don't know when that's going to happen for the Bengals, but uh, we, might we can t- at least might. have the beer. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll revisit that. <laughs> yeah, that's right. All right. Thanks. Thanks so much, James. All right. Thanks. To you. I appreciate you having me. All right. Sure thing. This has been the Browns Blitz, and we will catch you next time. This year has us all wanting to be healthier, and that includes our eye health. But how do you get vision coverage if you're retiring? It's actually pretty easy. VSP, the vision coverage many people get through work, offers individual vision plans. Enroll anytime, on any device, and start using your benefits the same day. You don't need to be an employee to get employee-level vision coverage. Visit VSPDirect.com today. That's VSPDirect.com. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand the chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed.